Well, my vacation came and went like the wind. Like the wind! Oh, man, it's good to be back, though. Jim Watkins in for the great Robert Davi on the Robert Davi Show here on the CRN Talk Network and on the many, many radio stations throughout the lands in Las Vegas, Colorado Springs, Phoenix, Arizona, Albuquerque, Cold Springs, Hot Springs, Warm Springs, No Springs, anywhere you can think of. We're growing. Salem, Oregon, uh, the show is growing. The message is expanding outward, and it's good to be back. It was a good vacation. This is vacation time. You know, the summer doldrums, half of us are working while the other half are on vacation. And things are kind of feeling a little normal. You know, I noticed a lot of people going to the movies this weekend. Nobody's got that fear and panic in them that we had two years ago, a year ago. I got in some great reading. We've got a good show for you this time up. You're not going to want to miss it. Um... Uh, we're going to have Michael Letts on. There's something weird going on in Southern California. It's it's actually quite interesting. And uh, and we're going to talk to Michael about law and order in the nation's largest uh, city by mile, by square mile. I think it's, what, 2,000 square miles, 8 million people. It is the largest land. Uh, it is the second largest city by population behind New York. And up until, I think, 1960, maybe 1970, uh, L.A. had always been the third largest. Chicago had beat it out, but people started moving to L.A. I grew up there. Suede is there, my producer. The team at CRN is all based out of Los Angeles. Well, sort of. Uh, but they're in the general area. They're in the county. Is, is that correct? Is, is, is CRN in the county? We're in the county, right? Of uh, L.A.? Yeah, loosely. So, right? We're uh, we're in Chatsworth, which is just outside of L.A. Or is that in the uh, Simi? No, that's not in Ventura County, which is to the right left of you. And um, I think it's just right close. I think you're the last city. I've taken the train. It's a famous area, Chatsworth, uh, North Hollywood. is where they do a lot of movies. They did that. If you're a Star Trek fan and you remember that episode where Kirk was taking on the lizard guy. Remember that one where he was trying to figure out how to make explosives and he kind of pieced it all together? That was all filmed in North Hollywood. A lot of great movies, a lot of great TV series that were based on the Western. So anyway, there's crime and mayhem in the city now. It's starting to be like even worse than San Francisco. And the whole state is starting to look like Venezuela. It's unbelievable. It's starting to act like Venezuela. They're cozying up to trade relations. It's it's almost as if it's starting to take on the appearance of its own country. Except that it'll never be its own country because Gavin Newsom and the Democratic Party, who have a stranglehold on California politics and have had so since I was a kid, have completely uh, ruined that state. I, 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 it never occurred to me until I left it, how screwed up that state was with all their coastal commissions, planning commissions, home commissions, water commissions. You know, they'll starve uh, an entire community to save one little stupid frog that's been in existence for God knows how long. I mean, out in Florida, it's they're crazy about the manatees. I, I always joke, 70 million years and going strong, you know? How long can this species last? 
not mine, of course. But anyway, it's crazy. It's a crazy world. So we're going to talk to a guy, Michael Letts, talk about what's going on there. And then in the second half hour, we're going to talk about mental illness with a gentleman who has uh, a, a national talk show himself called Advice Line. He is now a second generation advice giver of things uh, personal. And he's written some great books. His father wrote great books, uh, Roy Masters. And it's hard to find, this is why we're having him on, with all the shootings that have been going on around the country. I got a, an article, and I was trying to find it before the show today, and it listed all of these shootings that have occurred throughout the last 30 years. And almost every one of the mass shootings of the kind that we saw in Highland Park in Illinois last week. All these kids, these young people, have one thing in common. Uh, it turns out that they're all suffering from mental illness and they're all being medicated for it. And nobody wants to talk about that. So I did some deep uh, reading about, uh, about this whole issue of mental health and it's almost like the same as reproductive health. It means opposite of what it says. Because after, after all of the treatment and all of the medication and all of the drugs and all of the everything that they dispense on medication, are we better off? Are we less depressed? Are we less anxious in society? No, we're not, are we? The big pharma keeps doling out the medication, and we keep taking it. Uh, it started with that nice candy-coated, you know, that sugary, sweet cough syrup you used to get when you were a kid, and you loved to down it a little bit. I know adults who continue to do that just for the little stimulation. And some of it has been spurred on by, you guessed it, Dr. Robert Fauci or Anthony Fauci. In doing some reading of over the week that I had some time, of all books, I decided to pick up Robert Kennedy Jr.'s The Real Dr. Anthony Fauci. And much to my surprise, Dr. Fauci is a regular around the NIH and has been seriously responsible for many of the drugs, giving approval and urging the FDA to approve a lot of different psychotropic drugs that have emerged. And so what we've seen in the last, well, since he took office or took his position in, I think it was 89, we've seen a rise in ADHD. We know that in the aughts around the turn of the, the millennium, they had lowered the standards on what they considered to be autistic. So more and more kids were being given Ritalin at an early age. And this was by the way, thanks to our wonderful education department. And I started to think back about all this because people have been asking, why are, why are kids shooting each other now? I mean, they always had guns. Hell, there used to be classes you could take in the 60s, ROTC. You could go and f practice your firearms, take a rifle class as an extra credit. So it's not as if guns were just recently introduced into American society. And Michael Letts can talk a little bit about this when we have him on in just a minute. So what's changed? What's changed? And that's what we're going to talk about with uh, David Rubin coming up. Because he's been around a long time. 
and his dad wrote at least a dozen books on mental illness long before the pharmacies got a hold of our of our kids and it's based on this simple premise much of what we're seeing today i just heard president biden mention it not an hour ago talking about gun violence violence with guns it's like saying car violence you know let's let's take on the auto auto dealers they make cars that kill people because they do it's same same sort of silliness on that uh but it's not the guns killing people it's people killing people in highland park they have strict gun laws in fact just read a report today from uh fernandez i think ricardo fernandez pj media the the problem isn't the red flag laws they have red flag laws in highland park the problem was this kid was able to get guns because his co- his father co-signed knowing full well that that uh, what's his name Cromy, crimey creamy creamy bob creamy What's his name? Uh, I should have it. I I, I usually t- typically don't remember their names because I don't want them to have any space in my head. But anyway, so this kid followed the rules and the laws. Unless we make guns outright illegal, you're not going to be able to prevent these ki- kinds of situations where somebody can fly in under the radar and get a gun because he's not on anybody's radar. He should have been. You know, the Evaldi shooter was another good example of somebody he was in the system he and another prankster just two years prior had threatened to blow up or shoot up a building he was on social media all of these people they were on the radar but nobody bothered to follow up but they were all given drugs for years and and at the very beginning of this summer when they were having these shootings People did bring up mental health. We have a problem with mental health. We have a problem, and we do have a problem with mental health in this country. And what's happened is it's been hijacked by Big Pharma and their desire to generate huge profits by getting people addicted to these mind-altering drugs for the rest of their lives. And then they start to go crazy. They start hearing the voices, and they don't take the drugs. And then their mind goes into overdrive because it's it, the minds have been softened. And all of a sudden, all the synapses are firing on all cylinders. And you go crazy. So we're going to talk about all of that. You know, I'm the one delivering the message, not receiving it. I feel like that a lot, don't you? Welcome back to the Robert Davi Show. I'm in sin mode. Have you ever had a conversation? Hey, hold on. You're having a conversation with somebody and they say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm in sin mode. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'll be in receive mode. (laughs) Uh, We've got Michael Letts on the line. He's on our uh, guest line and he's here with us on occasion to talk about uh, gun laws and effects. And he is the CEO of Invest USA, one of the premier organizations that helps uh, police officers get among all things, bulletproof vests. He does training seminars. He teaches people how to uh, protect themselves. And he's just, uh, and I think he's a hero too. Didn't he save somebody's life? I believe he did uh, in Texas, if I'm not mistaken. Michael Letts, welcome back to the program. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Jim. It's always a privilege to be with you. 
Oh, same here. And I can't wait to talk to you. So this story came across the desk. Uh, being a former Los Angeles native, uh, I was shocked to find out, and I know where West Hollywood is, uh, and they their community, doesn't surprise me, their community has decided to continue to defund the police at a period where there is crime out of control. Can you shed some light on what's happening here? Well, I will tell you this, Jim. It is the dying breath, shall we say, of the left liberalism, socialist, uh, democratic attempt to defund police. They've got still their allies there who makes absolutely no sense because crime, violent crime, is spiraling. It's spiraling in that area as well. And uh, they're voting to defund again uh, police. And, you know, what's interesting is right down the street there in L.A. County, they're trying to— figure out how to gain power to let go of the sheriff, even though he's an elected official. Totally unconstitutional. Just amazing to me what, what, what people do. The quote from the current mayor, Lauren Meister, she says, uh, with regard to, you know, the Second Amendment, <laughs> most of the residents and businesses I've heard are opposed to cutting the sheriff's budget. They're outraged that people and organizations from outside our city are dictating to council how to run our city. It's almost like they exist in their own little reality, which is common because if you know the area of West Hollywood, well, let's just say that they're very colorful, if you know what I mean. And uh, so they live in their own little world. They, they have this little pretend world where we can all just get along. And, and, and we saw what, uh, Beverly Hills, there's crime going up. We had that murder of that high, uh, that, that socialite a few few months ago. I think Robert Dobby actually moved out of this. <laughs> he said, I'm, I'm gone. He and did. These people, yeah. What is driving yeah. this? Is it they, they feel like they can keep some of the money or something? I don't understand. Well, you know, it, it's a broader agenda. And what that agenda is, is to be able to destroy what's left of our liberties and freedom in this country. They have made a concerted attempt to make sure that uh, they are able to secure and to take our firearms away. And, of course, the only way to do that, they can't do that with a populace that they have now talking about law enforcement because they're local. So they're trying to defund local people. The reason why they can't do it with locals is because, you know, these are the same officers, deputies that see you in the grocery store, go to church with you, part of your community. They're not about to do something unconstitutional and come take your firearms. So they want to make those officers go away. The only way to do that is to defund the police, cut their budgets, cut their equipment, make the morale so low that they all quit. Then they can implement a national police force, which they're already doing, by the way. This last congressional budget has $623 million for capital, U.S. Capitol Police. Part of the subdivision or the sub uh, provisions of that budget are to open up offices all across the country. The last I time I checked, that. the U.S. Yeah. Capitol Police is only for the uh, Capitol Complex. So they're already in the process of trying to implement their, their agenda. And that is to put up people in place to when they get to the point where they can seize firearms, they're going to do so. Yeah, because, see, they're creating a problem here, and then they'll have the solution, right? So they drive out the local law enforcement. Crime goes up. Oh, we're here to save. We've got a problem. We can get our own police there. And this is part of that whole uh, everything comes from 
central government philosophy. They truly, truly, uh, that's how you keep and hold power. But, you know, the criminals will hear about this, and then lives will be lost. And, you know, uh, I'll just say this bluntly. West Hollywood is sort of the epicenter of the LGBTQ community in uh, Southern California. It's sort of like the Castro District is in San Francisco. And those people are vulnerable to all kinds of hate crimes. Uh, We just heard a former Clinton, uh, I forget his last name, Michael something, who drugged two men to death just so that he could have, you know. um, And he was a pretty powerful political uh, operative. Anyway, this is not a very safe neighborhood to begin with. So it seems almost suicidal that they would want to do anything to prevent law enforcement from doing their jobs. Well, I love what you said, Jim. I mean, there's no the common sense. The average voter, the average citizen understands there's absolutely no logic or merit to trying to remove law enforcement when your crime is spiraling upward. But for those who have a hidden agenda, and I say it used to be hidden. It's not hidden anymore. They're, They're vocal about it who want to take away our freedoms, they know they can't do that if you're armed. It's kind of hard to take away somebody's freedoms when they got a gun pointed at you. So they got to remove guns. So how do they do it? They say, remove all the cops, defund them. Then as crime goes up, just as you said, oh, look what, we're here to take care of the situation for you. Aren't you glad that we're here? Worst thing that ever happened. Surveillance, yeah. here to solve your problem. I wonder what Gascon thinks about this. That's his. That's his area. Uh, he it probably is. has no problem letting the criminals run free. This is just oh. so tragic. Do you think guns are violent, Michael? You're an expert. Are guns violent? Absolutely not. There's no way. And here's what I tell people. If we're going to go down that path, and let's go down that path, it'd be fair to go all the way down. You know, you just had um, members who took their vehicles to the Christmas parade and others and ran people over. So we need to eliminate SUVs at a minimum and probably vehicles altogether. We've had uh, killings by knife stabbing, so we better eliminate kitchen knives and everything else. We've had people throw rocks or throw objects and they can't kill individuals, so we better eliminate rocks and everything else. It's just, just totally ludicrous, the idea. What the statistics show, Jim, is that every area that has tough gun control laws has the highest active shooter and deaths caused by firearms anywhere in the area. Those areas who have... The majority of people who are armed have the least amount of violent crime. We've also done a survey. This is coming from the FBI. This is coming from the feds now. There's been a survey done of uh, criminals. Thousands of criminals were asked the question unanimously, not a single dissent. They all said the same thing. If they knew there were firearms in the area, they avoided it. They simply yeah. preyed on people where they knew it was gun-free zones. And what a tragedy for the American people. Yeah, and in closing, the Buffalo shooter specifically stated the reason he went to that area is because he knew that nobody would have a gun. So we're going to stop it here. Unfortunately, Michael, I I just appreciate you and your time. We're going to continue this discussion about mental illness. And, Michael, again, we'll see you. Don't forget to go to his website. Support this man. He's fighting for you. InvestUSA.org or .com. Dot org and thank you, Dot Jim. Org. God bless you and God bless America. Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you again. Michael Letts. We are going to try to talk a little bit about the Fauci book that I read from Robert Kennedy Jr. 
<clears throat> that's right, the son of the former Attorney General of the United States, the U.S. Attorney General Robert Kennedy Sr., whose brother is John F. Kennedy. And Robert Kennedy Jr. has been at the front lines, and we'll try to get him. I want to try to get him on the show, but I certainly want to share some of the information in his book, which you should absolutely read. I would encourage you to read it. It is going to change your perspective on what kind of government you have uh, calling the shots. Um, let's just say that the the relationship between the uh, current government and pharma, big pharma, and it's unbelievable. It, it, it's, you know, I don't even know how to, I was trying to think of a good, a good analogy. Uh, the best one I could come up with, it would be like if, if somebody handed you a book in 1944, told you what was happening in those concentration camps, and you found out it was your government doing it. You look at your government a whole lot differently when you know it's not the government and it's not the republic and it's not the way our democracy is set up. It's specific people who are so hungry for money and power. It is not about them trying to take care of you. It's it's pathetically upsetting. And it got me on this long road about how do we solve the problems in this country? The government wants you to believe that it's guns causing the problem. And most people, they're just go along to get along. It's the simplest thing that they can think of. And they just say, okay, well, yeah, if there's no guns, there's no violence. And that's what the government keeps telling them. Let us be responsible. You don't need to protect yourself. We can do that for you. But then you find out that the we is the they, and that they have other plans. And so to, to talk about this is a man that I've known for 20 years. I've known his father for as long, if not longer. Many of the great voices you hear on the radio today, uh, people who are, who are cheering conservative principles, grew up listening to this man's father. And I did a lot of reading. Uh, that's all I did this week was read. So I want to welcome back to the program David Masters, uh, son uh, of Roy Masters, who hosted Advice Line and is the founder of a group out of Oregon, FHU, which is all about good mental hygiene. And so as I was reading some of his uh, articles, it occurred to me that Roy, your dad, David, was ahead of his kind, uh, was ahead of his time. Way ahead. Because way ahead Light of his years. time. <laughs> yeah. Because he was the first one to actually talk about how your mind can make you well. But now there's new research coming out from all kinds of honest scientists that say that the mind is a powerful, powerful thing. But if it's controlled by the wrong people, you're in trouble. Now they're about to reinstate the mask mandate in New York in California because a new variant of Omicron 2.57 or 275 or you know they throw a lot of numbers at you because they know you're not going to remember all the numbers uh, but anyway it's it's a weak element of virus but yet we're going to go back to the masks and I'm starting to think this is all about making you compliant so we're going to talk about that your last book what was the name of it uh, how to 
how to escape the, the prison. prison for your mind. <laughs> yes. So what, yes. how do we wake these people up? Well, I mean, pain is the ultimate wake-up thing. And, you know, America is in a lot of pain right now. A lot of people are suffering because of the uh, policies that have been put in place by the deep left, the deep dark left. And exactly as described in 1984, a man named Yuri Bezmenov uh, talked about psychological uh, conversion. Think about it. Psychological conversion, that's what's happened to a good number of people in this country. However, a lot of people are waking up because of the pain. And, you know, the pain is not being able to do the things that we did uh, in a post or a pre-COVID America. In a post-COVID America, we might as well be in a gulag. We're living in a psychological gulag. That's why my book is very present, because the the subtitle is how the war between good and evil is waged in the battlefield of the mind when you begin to accept the suggestion of the enemy and of course remember going back to world war ii it was tokyo rose that constantly broadcast messages to surrender and not to fight and that you're going to die if you do that's the kind of thing that fauci has done to america so yes the specific issue of the shooters was and has been that these kids are medicated. They're put in front of videos. Any kid born after 20, uh, 2000 does not know what like life is like without a smartphone, without social media, without being connected to the whole. They've lost their individualism. They're nervous when there's silence because everywhere they go, there's music, there's distraction. Uh, this is all by design. This is all to keep you distracted so that you don't have time for introspection and those things. This is why religion is falling out of who ha who can sit down and pray or have a worshipful moment or have a reflective moment about the philosophy of life when you have all these distractions around you. And I think this has led to the moral decay and desperation. But it started in the 60s and 70s, and I think this is what your dad was kind of clued into, was that they just started handing out medication. Said, here, this will make the pain go away. How do we stop that? It's almost like it's too late. It's almost too late. Explain to us what these medications do to your mind over a period of time. Well, they lower the threshold of consciousness. And listen, when people are in a subconscious state of mind. They're very suggestible. And let me just read to you something about schizophrenia. Uh, because what, you know, marijuana, for example, causes schizophrenia. And psychotropic drugs cause um, feelings of panic and despair and even thoughts of suicide. And one of the main things that you read when you're watching these uh, self-prescribing commercials on television is you know, warning, uh, it could cause you to have suicidal thoughts. The word schizophrenia uh, describes a mental disorder characterized by continuous or relapsing episodes of psychosis. Now, hold on. What is psychosis? Psychosis is a condition of the mind that results in difficulty determining what is real from what is not real. Symptoms may include delusions, hallucinations, among other features. Additional symptoms are incoherent speech and behavior that is inappropriate for a given situation. Look at the leader of the free world 
And then ask yourself, is that what we're seeing in the most powerful man in government on earth right now? And the answer has to be yes. It's part of the psychological warfare that's being waged against the people of this country. They had to have a man that was malleable. I would imagine that he's on a number of medications that render him um, below threshold so that when somebody puts a card in front of him, which we've seen, he reads from the cards and he doesn't even think about it. All they need him to do is to be able to sort of be able to read their little prompts. And he has handlers all around him. It's almost like Rosemary's Baby. The devil's own. He's being manipulated and controlled. It's not even his fault. Somebody identified him as a Manchurian candidate. Hang on there. We're going to continue our discussion with David Masters and all about mental illness in this country, where we're at, where we need to be. Kind of reminds me of that great line from Pete Townsend, uppers and downers, either way, blood flows. And so we'll continue this conversation about how to make sure that you're not under the mental control of the people who want to control you. by the name of Dr. Paul Jansen in the 1960s synthesized fentanyl. Now, in my state, we just had a proclamation that there's a crisis because fentanyl is pouring over the border like water. And that fentanyl, most of it is coming from China. And they know what they're doing. They're flooding the streets of America right now as we speak. Dr. Jansen believed that fentanyl, the premise of it was to clear man of all pain. A lot of doctors, a lot of pharmacy companies uh, that make billions believe that man should have no pain, none whatsoever. If he feels bad, take a pill. feels sore leg, take a pill. But the number of pills, my gosh, look at the list. This is just in the early part of the alphabet. These are all psychotropic drugs that you are given for everything from schizophrenia to bipolar disorder, autism, Abilify, Adderall, Ambien, uh, Afrenel, Aricept, Ativan, some of these you've probably heard of, Boostbar, Celexia, Centrex, Depakote. I have a lot of family members. I'm talking from experience here because I've seen the long-term effects of all these drugs that you're required to take for life. And the doctors keep pumping it out because they know that once you're on them, you will be a, a patient. And if you're on Medicaid or Medi-Cal or, well, it's the taxpayer that's paying. So we're padding the pockets of these big pharma to make us feel better and it's not working and it's actually causing a side effect which is crazy people with guns and David Masters who is an expert at this and has a uh, uh, multi-generational and we keep taking these drugs and your comments on this I mean how do we your your statement is true the 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 big pharma would love to see us sort of Sort of always in a kind of calm state, like, you know, in Brave New World, Soma. How do we stop this? How can we? Is it too late, David Masters? People still have the ability to make choices. Uh, That's going away. But remember that the people who want to wage psychological warfare against us understand that if they can sow a certain degree of conflict in us that makes us feel 
that we are losing control. We then go into some something of a panic attack, and we want to try to figure out how do we control the way we feel. Well, that is, in a manner of speaking, a sort of psychosis. And what is psychosis? A condition of the mind that results in difficulty determining what is real from what is not real. That's when the doctors step in because, listen, how many people are actually on psychotropic drugs right now? Probably around 100 to 150 million people on some form of psychotropic drug. Maybe it's more. But when you have 150 million people that are having panic attacks and fear and anxiety, what are you going to do with those people? You're going to actually have to give them something that puts them in what I call a chemical straitjacket. And you know what's so weird is that when we clamor, when we beg our doctors to prescribe these drugs to us, they have, they have set it up so that we believe that those, that's the answer, that's, that's the remedy for what's bothering us. And, of course, when you go into a doctor and you have a, a toothache and they, they give you the anesthetic to numb the tooth so it can work on you, well, that feels like absolute and total relief. But the answer here is this, is that once they've got you, they're never going to take you off of those drugs because if they take you off those drugs, they're going to lose control over the direction they want to take society. And that is what it's really been all about ever since the Soviets got involved in, um, in the conversion process back in the 1950s. There was a, always a plan to take over this country, and it was never about waging a hot war. It's a psychological war, Jim. It's always been a battle between good and evil. And that's why if people read my book, How to Escape the Prison for Your Mind, which is, by the way, only available on Amazon, on Kindle, all of the, um, the psychological techniques that are employed by the far left are detailed in this book. So you can actually see what's being done, and then there's an answer. There's an antidote for all of this. Well, the one thing that I think is we, we have to stop talking in this Freudian speak where the assumption is, oh, he's bipolar, as if we know what bipolarism is. I, I didn't even start hearing about bipolarism until the 80s. I think that that was a, uh, uh, that that's not true. I mean, I, I know my, my mom supposedly had bipolar. She wasn't bipolar until she started taking drugs. I, I have think a, you're right. I think you're You know, I started right. to see this because there's no end date. Once you start, you don't stop. That doesn't sound like tr good treatment to me. I mean, no. obviously... You want to get rid of the pain and figure out what's causing the pain. But what if the pain is being caused by the fact that life is stressful? What are you going to do? Well, Just be doped up until you die? It's I a mean, great point. It's a great point. And here's the point. The, the, beyond the, the suffering, there is a cause and effect relationship that we have with the world. And, of course, most people have strain and stress and moments of doubt and fear but the question is not what happens. The question is how do you deal with it? And how you deal with it is a lot of people used to go to church for these things. A lot of people used to turn to a higher power, to God. Yeah, right. What they've done is they've replaced God. That's why you said earlier in the show a lot of people don't go to church anymore because why do you need to go to church if you don't feel the anxiety, the conflict? You don't need salvation if you've got a pill. And that's exactly how they take over an entire society. That's exactly what they want. 
Well, that's what's, uh, you know, the belief I, I often tell people, if you don't believe in a higher power, then who has the authority in your life? And if, <laughs> that's a great question. Right? Yeah. So if you are uh, an atheist, or an, and not to get overly religious, but if you are a person who doesn't believe in a higher power, then by default, the person who controls you is the government. And th that's the way they want it. I, I think the big pharma is the big problem because big pharma is all about profits. Bill Gates, uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, they're in involved. They're heavily involved in a lot of what's going on around the world. Uh, uh, big pharma is there certainly with the COVID. You know, there was something that you kind of going back to Roy. Uh, and this is the first time in, God, 20 years, like I said, I've known David. We worked together on a lot of great projects. But I never gave your dad the due that he deserved, I think. And in reading a little bit about the early 60s and the 70s and the, and the emergence of the big pharma industry, and I remember back to a lot of what he used to say, and people would say, well, you're a hypnotist by trade, so are you going to hypnotize me? And his answer was, I'm not here to hypnotize you. You're already hypnotized. I'm here to that's wake right. you up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, the, the problem is this is that life itself has a hypnotic influence on people. And what does that really mean? Well, what it means is that if you watch a hypnotist at work, they all they can do is give suggestions. But the minute that a person begins to accept the first suggestion, then the next one renders them more and more susceptible to the other suggestions that are about to come along. Yeah. The first mistake people make is to allow themselves to be influenced by these different um, forces that are at work in their lives. And what happens is that when we're in an emotional state, we are more susceptible when we're worried, when we have fear, when we're uh, under financial pressure. We start to look for answers and be careful because the answers that you're looking for may be the problems that are being presented to you like a Trojan horse. Yeah. Well, like, for example, we all know that science shows that these masks that we wear do not prevent the spread of COVID. Correct. But our leaders in Los Angeles, 8 million people, New York, 17 million people, they're going to be forced to wear masks because of this new variant. It's it's about to It's about to... It's about making you compliant because once you put that mask on and you've been convinced that the world around you poses a grave threat, they can do anything they want with you. They can get you to take a booster every six months, despite the fact that a new report came out today that says natural immunity remains 95% effective for life. Yeah. And if you knew that, you wouldn't be taking the COVID shots, the vaccines, and then further, you wouldn't be dependent on always having to take the shots because that's your protection bl blanket. Well, you here's start the problem, to... though. One of the problems is that people, if, if you're not looking for the truth, you're going to be satisfied with a, an answer that falls short of the truth. A lot of people look for comfortable truths. Uh, and the comfortable truth is, well, look, if you put on this mask, then that's going to somehow be a part of what keeps you from going down this road of disease and sickness and death, when really that's not true at all. But the person who is willing to accept something short of truth is going to fall for anything. You know, if you, so that's the problem. People are not really that interested in the truth. 
Now, they're interested in being safe. And yeah. they trade their freedoms for safety, thinking that that's the solution. And, you know, look, human nature is what it is. And it makes us susceptible to people who have no moral ambiguity about manipulating you to serve their purpose. David Masters, the book is out. I appreciate you. Is there a website we can go to? Real quick. No, just just go buy the book. It's called How to Escape the Prison for Your Mind. It's David Masters on Amazon Kindle. All right, sir. We'll talk to you again. Thank you. God bless. We'll talk to you again real soon. Jim Watkins, follow me online, thejimwatkinsshow.online. And until next time, thanks for stopping by.